0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I'm your host, Louise Solace, and with me is my very, very talented friend, who is truly a rare find. She is a mixtress, DC Gina.
1: Hi, Louise. Hi, love. That's 100% looking at your notes. I know, you keep cheating. I know, you know what it is? I got new glasses, and now I can read things. <laughs> so it's been like really like a whole new world to me. I feel like that kid has been in grade school. That sat like all the way in the back and couldn't see the board. And all of a sudden you can see everything. It's been like eye opening. Literally. Arr, bar, bar, bar. Arr, right off with the dad joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dad joke. It's a mom joke. This mom. Okay. All right.
0: All right. So back to the show. So speaking of friends, <laughs> do you know who Marilyn Monroe's friend, best friend was? Uh, Quaaludes? diamonds of course oh diamonds
1: a girl's Shut best friend. friend
0: yeah see that yeah this is a trick i didn't yeah, know what no. this was going for <laughs> this was just like a movie thing
1: and yes
0: no well so uh, i do want to talk to you about diamonds just for a minute if you don't mind uh we know they're slightly controversial um uh, but there's absolutely no arguing that they're beautiful and rare and have come to symbolize longevity durability and clarity and studies, you know, those studies, they show that there are emotion, emotional reasons why people buy diamonds. And I picked a few to share with you. One is I'm worth it, damn it. Right. The idea that right or wrong, some people measure their self-worth with self-wealth, I'm like to show it off a bit. The other one is because you love me because, of course, you put a ring on it. You love me. We're going to get hitched. And then there's celebration. You're celebrating a birth, an anniversary, a divorce, etc. And then you could be doing, I did it, an accomplishment, right? You accomplished, uh, you graduation, a promotion, a divorce, <laughs> all deserve diamonds. And the last one that kind of made me giggle is redemption, which I thought was a little more like distraction um, because there's no better way to say I'm sorry than with a big fat diamond.
1: I feel like you're setting me up for something really <laughs> crazy right now. <laughs> so tell me how we get to our, our guest. No. Because I have so, a lot of questions for Neal. So there's so. more.
0: So, um, and when people pick their diamonds, they t- they typically pick them for their brilliance and their clarity. Um, and that's also why, to the these two diamonds, the round brilliant cut and the radiant cut diamonds are considered the best in market. Um, it's because of their numerous facets, and those facets cause light to reflect, so you get the, the it delivers those dazzling sparklies and the brilliance that everyone wants when they're showcasing their bling. And so speaking of all things that are beautiful and multifaceted brings me to today's designated drinker. She is Aubrey Slater, a proud trans woman, former first lieutenant in the U.S. Marine Corps, second level SOM, a true hospitality professional who's crafted cocktails from Maui to Prague and everywhere in between. And if that isn't enough, she is also the co-owner of St. Luna Moonshine. And she joins us today, along with her partner in crime, who is returning... This time in person, the founder of Saint Luna, David Sook. Welcome to the show, Aubrey and David.
2: Oh,
3: thank you for having us. Yeah, yes. thank you so much for having us. I'm definitely more of the sidekick when you listen to uh, to Aubrey's intense resume. <laughs> oh my god, I'm okay with that though.
0: <laughs> we all need our place, right? Yes. But I think all of that deserves a toast. What do you think? Will you share some of your uh, delicious moonshine with oh, us? Oh, we'd
3: absolutely love to. Okay, it's a pleasure. Love this. Are we going to get the pop? Let's hear. Oh, Oh. oh. do it again. Let's do Do it it
1: again. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) There we go. That is impressive. That is impressive introduction. First of all, she's never given me a diamond reference. That's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. That's why. I, I know. I was like,
2: I didn't know do what she we was... get complimentary diamonds. <laughs> I know. I, was, I
1: didn't know what she was going with that. here, and Tiffany has given us this to give to you. I know. I, know. I, was, I was like, what's
0: next? But when I got to her resume, it seems to make sense. It did. Me. I well, was like, oh, cheers, cheers,
1: cheers, cheers. cheers! Cheers! It's so smooth.
3: I would happily wear a diamond, just saying, (laughs) for next time. It's so sad neither David nor
2: I made, like, the whiskey face. Yeah. It shows just the level of competence in drinking 100-proof moonshine.
0: (laughs) It's also pretty
2: good stuff. Yeah, it's
0: pretty smooth. I mean, it's crazy smooth. So tell us a little bit about it while we're uh, tasting. What what do you have? Tell our our listeners what we're – they don't get to taste this very minute as we do.
2: (laughs) I know. Well, uh, it is a – beautiful. It's, it's a moonshine at its very base. Um, we started off with that, you know, the credibility of
3: being made in a still on a farm
2: in maybe Georgia.
3: <laughs> so we were on the border of Chattanooga, um, on the border of Tennessee, rather, and Georgia when we first got our pilot still going. Um, but the whole idea was to elevate the category and really show people that, yes, it's a moonshine, but it can have a beautiful place on the back bar and be quite gorgeous to drink. Uh, so what we do is 95% grade A molasses out of northern Florida and 5% rye. Um, this batch was actually out of North Carolina. And then we use a charred oak stave to filter it. So you get a beautiful bit of like smoke and leather on the finish, but you get all that beautiful sweet grassiness of a rum in front of your palate and the pepper and the spice of that rye on the back of your palate. So it's extremely smooth and delicate, but it just has all these beautiful layers of flavor. Um, so when you're making cocktails, it's, it's a wide open... It's delish. Yeah.
1: I mean, it is delicious. I mean, moonshine can be off-putting, for sure. Or white dog, or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, everyone will call it something else. or But, like, I really feel like it's um, it's growing. You know what I mean? Like, the category definitely, you know, is growing. Like when you And you know when it's becoming more of a thing when, like, Buffalo Trace is producing on the regular now uh, a moonshine that's available at the distillery.
3: Yeah, we're certainly trying really? to. Uh- yeah to push the category um, and just show people that it really, it can be really tasty. Um, You know, if you're out, you know, with your moonshiner buddies and you know, (laughs) they take a lot of care into what goes into that mash. Um, It's not the typical commercialized stuff that you see. Um, So we just thought, why not make it gorgeous? You know, as Americans, we owe quite a bit of history to that sort of like prohibition era from the speakeasy bars that you see out there now that are winning awards left and right, um, you know, to the fact that the Kennedys ran the stuff and made a fortune doing it. So why not give it a, a beautiful Shortage. place on the back bar, you yeah, know?
0: Absolutely. Where it belongs.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I was going to say for like our listeners at home, like an easy way to introduce moonshine into your, um, your bar is just like making a Ricky. It's just literally soda water and lime and and some shine. It's delicious, you know. And just do something really like a beautiful product. You know what I mean? Like don't don't go out and just buy like something you found like that might be infused with like I don't know like fifty nine peaches in a jar. And like, <laughs> or oh, pickles yeah. or
2: cherry pie filling. Yes. Or- yes. It's what? interesting because it's like. I hear often, you know, it's the cool thing about our product is that everybody has some sort of, you know, familiarity with Moonshine. You know, they all got a story like, oh, my weird uncle, you know, would always bring it to Thanksgiving or, you know, our neighbor up camp and, you know, in the Lake region of Michigan makes it or I tried it in college or the gas station, you know, near my mom's house sells yes. it in Tennessee and, you know, it's, uh,
3: it's, it's definitely, um, you know, an interesting um spirit you know to play with but they ask when they see moonshine on a menu because they have had a connection to it whether it's a good one or a bad experience they can't quite figure out how you put a moonshine into like a hemingway daiquiri so they ask about it makes a beautiful cocktail so it quickly becomes one of the better selling cocktails on a menu because it it truly stands out i've always sort of thought that there's a place for everybody so um you know, the moonshines that are infused, sure. Like, that's a shot that you take to get your night going. It's not what you'd use to, to craft a beautiful cocktail. You'd use our stuff for that. For that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, speaking of things all beautiful and, and, and bright.
3: Oh, are we going to talk about me now?
0: I'm no, just to <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We got to
1: get
0: episode oh, notes on David's oh, yeah, show I was, like, right? I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, what episode number is that? Aubrey, tell us a little bit about, it, about you. Tell us your backstory. You have such a great one.
2: Oh man, i you know, I've just been, I've been in the hospitality industry for so long, so long now. Um, yeah, I I, I guess I should just go into the hospitality part, you know, out of the military into straight basically almost straight into hospitality and you know it started off in like local bars here in dc actually um like peppers and on 17th gosh that place was great i know right like 18th street lounge and you know doing the kimpton hotels and stuff like that and just really got a taste for it you know and at one point in time met this amazing bartender uh dale de groff and uh you know learned a lot from him and realized that there was so much more out there that you know because at this point in time while I was still in DC you know it's like the martini craze of the early 2000s like everything was put in a martini you know it was like the French martini the flirtini the apple teeny, like you name it it was in a martini class <laughs> and uh that was you know and everything was you know roses lime juice and grenadine and daily sour mix and all that fun stuff you know and you know bug juice that we made margaritas with and then I was just like oh yeah fresh juice, fresh mint in a mojito, novel ideas like, you know, just it it seems so groundbreaking then. It seems so simple right now. And then I moved to uh, Maui and uh, I was uh, working at Cheeseburger in Paradise and did the Bubba Gums thing. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I know. And I worked part time for like a a local wine distributor, you know, and I was just like selling wine to some of the West Maui resorts, you know, and the big, big hotels and Italian restaurants. And that was kind of like my first foray foray into the wine world, which is, uh, um, was an adventure that I was just about to take when I moved to San Francisco next. And, um, so there it's like, I'm working in this restaurant and, you know, I have people coming up and they're like, you know, um I want something big and jammy uh, but dry with (laughs) lots of tannins you know and in my mind I'm just like okay I think I can I I, yeah I think we have a wine like that you know and I'm like talking to the manager she's like listen there's nothing like that she's like they have no idea what they're talking about and I'm just like well I'm living in San Francisco I'm close to wine country so it would make sense that I would want to learn more about wine, you know, it's just like, I want to be better at my job than my guests are. (laughs) So it it, it behooved me to, to start taking extra steps. And it's like when I really started taking my career seriously. And so I got the book, signed up for the courses and ended up taking my first sommelier certification in Cincinnati. And then realized, you know, I thought I knew about wine because I had worked at a a nice Italian place here. I don't know if it's even still around, Ristorante Tosca. And, uh, you know, being introduced to uh, Italian wines and that world. So I thought I knew a lot about wine until I started learning about wine. And then I realized (laughs) I knew nothing about wine, but I was well on my way. There you go. And then worked at, you know, helping open up a speakeasy style cocktail bar, Um, Which was basically just a bunch of, you know, bartenders who had been in the business for a long time. And one of them had like a Waldorf Astoria cocktail book, you know, pre-prohibition cocktails. And whenever we had days off together, we started making, you know, these cocktails. Like So, yeah, started leaving more the wine world and getting more into the cocktail world. And, uh, you know, it's just this burgeoning, um, you know, I guess movement, you know, with this craft cocktails, fresh ingredients. Um, what is tomorrow? I'd never even heard of such a thing before, you know? And then having reps bring in Frenette to me, and I, I took a shot of Frenette, and I'm like, why do you hate me so much? <laughs> like, what is what is this? You know, and it's just like I'm running an, an English pub. Like, what am I going to do with Frenette, you know? Or what could I possibly do with Bulls Jennifer? You know, like, what 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 is this, you know? And so you know, starting to do these cocktails with my friends and opening these new cocktail bars in San Francisco and, you know, really branching out and seeing what the possibilities were. And it was just like, yeah, you know, like wine is fun, but like just being on this cusp of this, you know, creation, you know, I guess this creative boom in the cocktail world was just so much more exciting. And, uh, so I was like running wine programs for like, uh, uh, Jean at Jacks and Bistro Jean in Napa Valley, and you know, and I and I was helping a friend out, you know, running her winery in Sonoma. And so then I started like leaving that world and focusing more on the cocktail transitioning, bars. if you will. Yeah, you know, I've I've come. My new my new uh, buzzword is pivot. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, it's like it seems to be. You know, it it seems to be very fitting. You know, I pivoted from wine to cocktails and. You know, and everything was like on the up and up and then 2008 hit and everything just went in the toilet. You know, it was just like, like restaurants with like amazing reputations. Like first it was like, you'd see them closing for lunch. Like we're not doing lunch anymore. Then it's like, sorry, but we can't afford a sommelier, you know, so wine programs started to suffer. Then they were just like closing doors all together. And um, then I couldn't get a job for like a year. And San Francisco just became a very sad place for me at this point. And ended up moving back to um Pittsburgh area where I guess I was spawned and uh to help my mom <laughs> take care of my grandfather and <laughs> you, you know, just like that 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 was amazing. And then um this is where I was spawned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love
2: it's, yeah, you know. It mom, seems appropriate. I was I was spawned in Long Island. I love this one. <laughs> Keep going. <Right. laughs> I just burst forth. And um so, yeah, I was, I'm, in, I'm in, I'm now in.
1: Uh, like she lives in a pond.
2: Yeah. Right? <laughs> I cannot. She was a tadpole.
1: She
0: was right? a tadpole.
2: Still <laughs> so had a tail. It was cute. And, um, <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's like I'm I'm like head bartender at a fine dining restaurant. And then that didn't work out. And I, I moved Back to where my mom was in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, and I'm bartending at a a restaurant in um, a mall in in Beaver County. (laughs) And where you think, you know, when I I, I say it, it sounds like where dreams go to die. And, but it was like, you, I, I just, I've learned, you know, you keep your, you always keep your options open and you keep hope alive and you never, you know, you, Just be aware and stay open to possibilities. And just randomly, this young couple comes into my bar and, you know, we start, I start geeking out over cocktails with this gentleman and we're talking about making drinks. And then he's back behind the bar with me. Oh my gosh. Shaking cocktails. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, bartending. And he's (laughs) like, no, seriously. He's just like, with your resume, like... The places you've worked, the places you've been—like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, you know, family obligations. And he's like, well, I'm opening up a new bar in New York, and um, I want you to run it. So, you know, wow. Yeah, just like, how did how did this happen? And you know, it's like the universe spoke to you. It really did, yeah. and like it found me, and um, in in the most obscure place, and in a strip mall in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, and yeah, in, the, in the Beaver Valley Mall, <laughs> you know, in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. And um, so I thought it was just bar talk. You know, we got all excited, and then I didn't hear from him. And I was like, oh, wow, well, that was nice. You know, it was a nice thought. It was a fun fantasy for a minute. And then a month or two later, he came back, and he was like, no, I'm dead serious. So sight unseen, I, you know, unfortunately, my father passed away, um, but that freed me up. I didn't have the obligations anymore. and. Moved to New York City, and things just... And here you went. are now. Yeah, things went, went very sideways, but in the best possible ways. Awesome.
1: So you wind up in New York, you have this job, you become this awesome, amazing, everyone starts knowing who you are for cocktails.
2: Uh, and then it. how do
1: you meet David? How do you meet?
2: Oh, wow. There's so much in between. There's like three years of being homeless. What turning into a woman, I mean, just, you know, changing gender,
0: literally that. losing her tail.
2: Yeah, like it was a lot. There was a lot, like everything. Like, I was in New York for all of like maybe nine, ten months before like, just craziness ensued. I decided, you know, this was the time, you know, to start my transition. Like, I just felt it was like a do or die moment, really. It yeah. was, um, it's, an like oft, I was, it's
0: often the story.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, like. I didn't know if I could keep going um, as I was. And so I was like, well, you know, I could either die fake, you know, with possible friends, you know, if they don't all leave me because I'm just a negative, evil, you know, dark streaked ass. Or I can transition, be the person I've always been and with the potential of losing all my friends and family. And dying alone, and that—that's what I chose. I was just like authenticity yeah. over a life of, you know, just misery and living this, you know, fake life and in my own prison. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I had there was substance abuse problems because of, you know, all the self-loathing, and I was very self-destructive because I wasn't living my life, and um, ended up homeless, and then started my transition in the system in New York. And, you know, it wasn't until like I was broke and homeless and, you know, it was bad. And um, I had all my, you know, straight guy friends were just like, well, why don't you get a job in a gay bar? You know, and I was like, well, you know, I guess I could. That would make sense, right, to you, you know. But first off, you know, I have boobs. You know, why why would I be bartending in a gay bar? I'm sure that's not what they want to look at, you know. and. You know, plus, like, I was like, I'm an advanced level sommelier. I opened one of the top cocktail bars in the world. Uh, got a culinary degree. I've done all this stuff. Like, I have, I have,
0: you okay. know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I have that passion. And it's my career. Like, I'm not going to sell myself short or my community as a transgender person. Because obviously that's what you expect from a trans person. So I was like, no. And I suffered dearly. And then finally came out the other side. Went got a, a bartending job at a nice place in Harlem and just built myself back up, you know, and just kept going and going. You know, I was managing a nightclub, then I got this beverage director position, and I'm running a, a, a charity event one night, and in pops David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: amazing. I did not know that. I'm sorry, I, I'm not allowed to read your notes. No. <laughs> no, that's okay. It
2: was, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know? It's like when people are like, let me hear your life story. I'm like, we don't have that time.
1: We have a mutual friend. We have a mutual friend, and this is this was her introduction to you for me. She said, "Greatest person." This is what this is what she said. She said, "You greatest woman. You're gonna love her." That's it. That was it. That was what she, Rachel, said. She said, "She said you are like the greatest person," and she was really excited for me to meet. So you know what? Like that whole story led you to who you know your persona now and who you are—not your persona, but who you are and who you put out to the universe. So. So being your true self is is amazing because nobody says, Oh, this is my friend that transitioned. This is my girlfriend who's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And that's it. And like that's the best, right? Like
2: you're it really exactly
1: is. you're you're where you need to be.
2: I know. It seems uh my goal in life was to become a middle aged woman and <laughs> mission yes! accomplished. Woo! Welcome I know. To that. Yes, it's fabulous. I love it every minute.
1: The only thing is when you put a hot pocket where your vagina is and then you'll be like, then it'll be then feel like what it's like to have menopause. Hot hands. Hot hands. I was like, what are you talking about? When you feel like that feeling come over your body, and whoosh, that's middle age. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll just go get some of those for you, and then we'll just do that for a little
0: bit. Before you do that, how about you give us a tip and trick?
1: Oh, just the tip. Cut it off. No, I want your trick. What? There you go. Sicker, sicker. (laughs) So, vinegar, right? How much of this do you have in your, your pantry at home? You have balsamic vinegar, rice wine vinegar, you have for like a recipe? You're like, oh, I'm gonna use it for a recipe. You don't use it every day in your cooking? Or maybe you do. Or maybe you have some kind of like white wine vinegar, champagne vinegar, uh, some vinegar your friend made, some mother from Baltimore, I don't know. You have something, right? So I'm gonna give you a way to make um, a shrub, or more of a really a cocktail syrup, that's not a gastric is just remember, if you only use vinegar and sugar together, it's a gastric, right? We don't wanna make that. What we wanna make is something that is um, usable in your cocktail, something you could store and something that um, tastes good too because you are putting it in your body. So one thing I love is using um, rice wine vinegar. So this is one of the simplest ones I um, make every now and again. So what it is is um, half a cup of sugar, plain old sugar, right? Plain sugar. And in here I threw some anise, um, and some green cardamom pods. And I just threw it in here because honestly, I just carried it, right? So we're gonna put this inside of, uh, pretend this is a pot, a pot. But what's interesting about vinegar is that a shrub doesn't necessarily have to be cooked with heat, right? You can add your vinegar, water, sugar together, put a lid on it, shake it a little bit gently. You know, sometimes it takes a half a day a day and it will absorb and you have something that is not cooked. So, it doesn't really change the process, but it's so wonderful in your um, drinks. So, if we put a half a cup of um, sugar, we're gonna put a half a cup, quarter cup of vinegar, and then we're gonna put a quarter cup of water. I know, sounds too easy, right? You need the water content. Otherwise, you're going to choke. And again, we're not making a gastric, right? So, we're gonna add a little bit of water. And I should have had that ready, but you know. We all know me, I'm not ready for anything. So we're gonna put that on there. Now, I love at home these Snapware things. I don't know why I don't work for Snapware. They should endorse me, but they don't. I like to put everything in there. It's super easy, reusable. Shake it up and leave it out, okay? Don't put it in the sun, okay? Don't put it on your windowsill, on a radiator, because you live in a walk-up in Brooklyn, okay? Just leave it on the counter, someplace that's just kind of like, ambient temperature of the air in your um, home okay leave it there and come back to it Um, about a good day or so you'll strain it off and you'll have this beautiful liquid and I like to keep the um, seeds and stuff in it when I'm doing um, with the vinegars because it's just really nice and then you can use this in your cocktails and you know I bought this on Amazon this bottle it looks very expensive for like three bucks invest in it use it it doesn't look great after a while take the top off Throw it out, get a replacement top, and clean your bottles. And that's it. That's using vinegar in your cocktails. Enjoy. Gina, I uh, I know that
0: about shrubs, but I had no idea what you're gonna do today with the vinegar. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so you can utilize your vinegars in your closet that you bought for make that one meal once. Oh, I have so many of them. Different in cocktail <laughs> ingredients. And you have two ways of using your um, you know, your pantry. Like, I think it's, like, a fun thing to do. Also, I love vinegar in cocktails, whether you use it straight or, like, a pinch or a dash. So, like, you don't have to think of it as just, like, something where you have to mix with sugar. Especially when everyone's very, you know, conscious about, like, you know, uh, using so much sugar in your food. So, you know, you get enough of that naturally and just, like, the bread, you know, you can (laughs) Yeah, let me have the bread, let me have the bread. Yeah, I value the bread.
0: So where are they going to go to get this tips and drinks?
1: You go to go dot show for your sour face from <laughs> using vinegar in your drinks. <laughs> or you can catch us on Instagram if you want to see it and how to use it and um, what I'm talking about. So you can go to drinker dot show on Instagram as well.
0: Absolutely, and if you uh, can't do all that, all you have to do is scroll down into your episode notes, and we will have links to both Instagram and as well as our uh, drinker dot show for all of the recipes. There's a billion of them. um, Amazing. Uh, Our library of libations is what we call that. And the other thing we will also have is a link to St. Luna. So you can get that yourself. So you learn more about it. Hopefully you live in an area where it's, where it's, uh, something that we can get
1: freshly available in dc now lucky i yes. know
0: i know people who know people who can get me some saint luna <laughs> well,
3: we, we just launched in dc yeah. so as of today nice. we are officially in dc which is pretty exciting
1: Woo-hoo! that's crazy exciting that's not just a little exciting that's it's like very it's
3: exciting cool.
1: i know and now you have I an excuse it. to be here in the market more what
2: yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping to be down here at least like once a month to yeah, get just
1: remember you know. that it's going to be very hot come tomorrow Yes, right. Because it's yes. just gonna be hot here, it? I think you oh. forgot the DC summers. Oh no, than... that
2: that's something that's ingrained in me. Like, <laughs> I, I remember like having to take multiple showers. Like you're all fresh and so clean, and then you go to walk outside to go somewhere, and you're like poof, wet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, all this hot pocket talk brings us to the end of part one with the amazing Aubrey Slater. Um, Aubrey is the chief brand developer, queen of St. Luna Moonshine. David is the founder. But if you are like anything like me or Gina, one round is just never enough. So go ahead and top off that drink and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our moonshiny, boozy banter. And uh, we have a special surprise for Gina. I don't know if she knows this. She gets to sit back and relax because Albury is going to take over um, the stick behind the bar and craft something amazing that's going to dazzle our taste buds for sure. It's a real first. So I'm excited. Go. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Links League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows, Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.